everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Welcome back for another episode. Today I have a special guest, Violet Kay. Violet Kay is an intuitive empath born with psychic and mediumship abilities. Welcome, Violet Kay. Hi, how are you? Hi. Tell us a little bit about your psychic abilities. I can remember I uh, could see possible future or things that, that will happen definitely. I could also get messages from my ancestors. I could see them visiting me and they would pass me messages. And this is what always has been with me on my journey. So this started when you were a child? Yes. What was that like as a child? Did you think that everybody was like I don't really remember thinking about it. Like it was so normal for me. I didn't ask other people, do you see your grandparents or great grandparents? Or I didn't talk with other people about it. But I thought that everyone has it, that everyone is like this. You thought it was as normal as breathing. Yeah. It was just something that's normal. <laughs> How did that develop over time? Over time, usually after seventh or eighth year, we develop different abilities. We start to live differently in community. How do I best describe it? We change our consciousness a little bit. We want to be more like other people. And when I noticed that maybe not everyone is like me, I retracted a little bit. I understood that, okay, I should definitely keep it for myself then and maybe share it with very small amount of people. I wanted to be careful. What message did you get that you believed that you needed to be a little bit more careful about sharing that information? For example, I could sense sometimes what will happen within 12 hours, let's say. I noticed that I don't remember the exact words or what the exact thing that I've seen that I sensed, but I remember that it was questioned and that you probably heard it somewhere before. You probably, probably someone talked about it. So that made me think, okay, 
let's then keep it to myself and I'll see how things will progress with time. At that young age, though, you understood that they didn't really believe you. Yeah, exactly. So how have you developed even more since a child? Because you're an adult now. Yeah, I worked a lot on myself. And as I developed the time frame that I could peek into, stretch, and uh, I developed a very deep connection with my intuition, with my higher self. And uh, I work a lot in dream state as well. It's my daily life now. I can't imagine a day without my rituals. It's like brushing teeth. (laughs) So you do it when you wake up, you just do it. It's your everyday life. Coming back to your question, the time frame stretched to over five years, but I am more of a healer than a psychic. This is my calling is healing and empowering people. I don't go and tell people this and that will happen. No, I I have to have to use common sense. You can't tell everything, but if you sense something that might be very important, I can just nudge a person. I don't say it directly. Let's tell it that way. I don't say it directly because I know I've learned throughout the years that I have to be very gentle. People can scare it very easily. Tell us what your typical practice is as a healer. Mm-hmm. I am. I use Reiki modality and I use Seikem, which is lesser known, but very powerful as well. So energy healing. I am also skilled in counseling and I combine psychological and spiritual approaches. I'm very intuitive, spiritual. But I'm also grounded and I heal people privately. I do group sessions and meditation with healing. I read tarot. Um, and I travel across Ireland and take part in holistic fairs, which are really a lovely way of meeting a lot of people and seeing different places. I love doing it. My husband, he travels with me and our daughter as well. So it's also kind of a family thing. So you currently live in Ireland and you travel around Ireland for these festivals. Yes, I do. How exciting. And locally as well. Yeah, it is exciting. I love it, actually. Just talking during Christmas time that we are so every. And so both my husband, my, my daughter and myself as well. We are so excited for this year. So the first one starts in February, 5th of February, and I just can't wait. It's really exciting. What do you do at the festivals? I offer Reiki healings and uh, readings as well. After healing, I invite the person to draw up to three cards or oracle cards or angel cards. Depends on if some people are a bit afraid of tarot. So I offer them alternatives. We also sell incense and incense burners. That's what we do. 
When you go to the festivals in Ireland, is there a big crowd that draws in? Yeah. So it's yeah, very, it's I love very, it. <laughs> so it's very popular. Yes, it is. It is. It starts in February, and the last one is a last week of November. That's a long season. So it's a whole year. Yeah, every week, every week, every Sunday usually. But um, yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's a long season. Yeah, it's great. You currently live in Ireland, but you are not originally from Ireland. No, I was born in, back then it was a Soviet Union. And I was born in a country called Georgia. And it is a Christian Orthodox country. It's between Russia and Turkey. And how long did you live there? I was seven. And then we left because of the war. There was a domestic war there. It was caused by a dismantling of the Soviet Union. There was some disputes about laws and which republic is independent and which not. It wasn't a safe place to be. And we left. And you were old enough to remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was seven. Uh-huh. And where did you move to after you left Georgia? Poland. What was it like to live in yeah. Poland? It was uh, very different than Georgia. I remember when I was a child in Georgia, even though it was a Christian Orthodox country, it was patriarchal country. There was a lot of mysticism and I loved that. And we had guests coming over, visiting us, and we would always serve Turkish coffee. It's like a small espresso. So it's served in a tiny cup. After conversation and drinking coffee, it was like a ritual. And a woman would offer a reading, for example. It would be either my aunt or my grandmother. They would read from coffee to their guest. And I remember observing this and I, I just loved it. And my aunt was always reading cards. She didn't have tarot. She was using just basic cards for game playing. So I was fascinated by it. And it was always part of, of life. It's just... It was your normal life. Part of socializing. Yeah, it was my normal life. We didn't talk much about spirituality or some kind of laws of universe or spells or anything. No, we just lived doing it. So coming back to the first question, that's why I didn't ask because I thought everyone had uh, visions like I did because there was readings done and this coffee readings as well. So I didn't think that maybe others don't see what I see. So uh, yeah. Is, is that where you learned how to read mm -hmm. the cards? Uh, no. They didn't teach me. I was too young, I guess, because we left when I was seven. So I just observed, or maybe they tried to, but I don't remember. I just don't recall learning until I was in Poland. When we moved to Poland, it was totally different because it, it is a Catholic country. And there's a lot of fear in those people. The 
church keeps them really by their throats. It's different now because it was many years ago, but back then, early 90s, it was very important to them, the religion, very important. Throughout the years, it's slowly changed, but still Catholicism, this fear is deeply rooted as well there. There was no readings done. They probably feared you, right? Yeah, I'd say I didn't do it openly in Poland. I was I started when I was 13. So a few years of living in Poland, I started. I thought, it's a part of me. You were fighting I it. I just can't, right? Were you fighting yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to be like them. As I said, as I grew up. I tried to belong to where I was currently living, and it was Poland. So what do, would they do? It was really common to go to church every Sunday. Okay, I'll try to do it. And I found a group of other children. I had my friends, and we would we used to go. But after a few visits, I was like, no, it's not me. It's not mine at all. I remember visiting Orthodox Church. We call it Tserkiv, and I I like it there. I like it. It's really it's totally different vibe. When I went to church in Poland, not so much, no. And then I stopped going with my friends, and I concentrated. I didn't do much for some time. And then I found this psychic fair. There was one time I remember under their castle, there was like a huge field close to the castle in Warsaw, that's capital of Poland. And I think there was a summertime. It, it must have been summer solstice. They had this psychic fair. And I remember I begged my mom to go. And she took me and I went to a small tent. And in this tent, there was a lady sitting there and she had her table and cards. And I was like, oh, I'm home. (laughs) How exciting. It was exciting. It was so exciting. I loved every minute of it. You were home. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I belong. I felt it. She gave me a reading and... uh, it's amazing, but she told me, it came true, actually. She told me that one day I will meet a, a man who will look a lot like Italian. He'll have dark hair, dark eyes, and that he will take me away somewhere to another country, a different country, an English-speaking country. It was very interesting because since age of nine, I had this inner drive to learn English. It's not my first language, but I started on my own. If I had a favorite song, I would write down the lyrics in English and then I will translate them to Polish so I would understand what they're singing. And my mother noticed that and she sent me off to private lessons. And since the age of nine, I learned. And so when this lady told me one day, I said, wow, that's maybe 
at least I'll know how to speak, how to communicate. You were prepared for this future man who was going to come yes, into your life. Yes, I was. And he's going to take you to yeah. Ireland. Did he take you to Ireland? Yeah, he did take me to Ireland. That was my first attempt in Poland to find this world that I belonged in. After that, I started looking for something that would connect me. So I found spells in magazines. And of course, I tried a spell and I started learning cards and reading about numerology and astrology and stuff like that. Now living in Ireland, would you say that you're pretty much out of the broom closet? Yes, I'm fully out. (laughs) And I'm really happy and grateful. It's great to be fully who you are and not be afraid and just live the life like you want it to be. Now, was there a time as an adult that you were in the closet? Yeah. I felt at the very end, just before fully coming out professionally, it was agonizing. I'm going into the office and I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. I want to heal people, but I'm right here sitting at this computer and I just hate it. You were wasting your Uh, time. Yeah. And now you're doing what you love. Yeah, yeah. So I did, as you said, felt like I'm just wasting my time, but I had things. Sometimes you can't start something without having a proper foundation as well. There were steps that I had to go through, but yeah, now I'm fully out. Steps of coming out? What were they like? So there are stages of coming out. You first have to accept all this within yourself. And then when you're ready, you can share with your close circle. Very few people. Then when you're ready, you can share with a wider circle, like maybe your community. And then if you want to, of course, you can share it with everyone. You can just be fully who you are. For me, it started from conquering fears, inner fears about persecution. It was believing in myself, believing in my skills, because people will tend to rationalize it and they will say, you probably read it somewhere or someone told you and you knew from someone else about me. They doubted. But there also a self-doubt creeps in. What if they're right? That's a really good point. What if I am going crazy? That's a big elephant as well. (laughs) In this room, you have to believe in yourself and believe in your skills, your abilities, and what helped me in 2009, I started to really deeply going into self-practice, but like daily self-practice. And of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, I bought a book and they would have 12 lessons in high magic. 
And the first lesson is one of the first lessons, record your dreams. And this is what I do. I have, and this helps me with the self-doubt. You can't imagine how much. And I have a date and I have my notes and I have what emotions, what I've seen in my dream, what happened. I can give it in detail or I can just describe just general context. And then it's amazing when I tell something to a person and they would say, oh, you probably heard it from me. Maybe you think that you dreamed about it, but I probably told you this and you dreamt about it afterwards. And I go and check the date. And I was like, no, we actually spoke two days after the dream. And this has happened to me. A member of my family shared something with me and I said, Oh, which you know what? Actually, now that you're talking about it, I sense something and seeing something. And you have to be more careful about it. You have to approach it in maybe a more serious matter. And uh, how would you know? You probably heard it from me. They wouldn't believe me and they would try to push it away and uh, just make me doubt myself. But then after the conversation, I did check and yeah, no, it's actually. Yeah, that has nothing to do with you. It's their own disbelief. Exactly. At least now I can defend myself. Whereas before, when I was younger, I couldn't. There is a tendency after the conversation to maybe sometimes call me back after a few days and say, but how? And why? And let's talk about it more. And I can actually provide a proof. No, I've seen it or heard about it. I didn't hear about it. I uh, sensed it or seen it before, way before. This is something that helps me with the self-doubt or people that would um, rationalize things. And so... That's one thing, the dream journals, the daily rituals, they really helped me in the journey. Coming out with family, that actually helps as well. When you have your practice, your daily rituals, your dream journal, you are grounded. It helps to ground And then they would see you as a more grounded in a reality person as well. And it helps with dealing with coming out of the room closet. Yeah. So did you lose any people? I did. Yeah, I did. I lost a friend. With some family members, I never spoken openly about it. Most of them were okay with it, but friends, because of the of my background most of my family is okay with mysticism like they wouldn't necessarily practice it in a way that I do it but they're fine but friends from Poland there's no connection at all catholic friends that you had yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah but i have some lovely irish friends and <laughs> I do have Polish friends as well, but here, living here in Ireland, who are maybe more elastic in their 
mindsets maybe they're more open but friends from say because in Poland well I was in primary school high school and I did finish college there as well I wouldn't have much contact with them they're very much in the 3D world whereas I live in between worlds I can go here and there and it's fine I can be anywhere <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> You also have an online presence. You want to talk a little bit about your social media? Yes. Yes, of course. As part of my practice, I empower people, I teach people, I heal people, and I share a lot of what I've learned about spirituality, about healing. And I have an Instagram account, I have Facebook account, and my website where I share my insight into this beautiful world. Do you also have a YouTube channel? I do have a YouTube channel as well. Yes, I share tarot readings there as well as other stuff that I feel is important. Do you do readings for people at a distance or do you just do that with local people? I do both healings and readings locally and distant. Uh, every lunar cycle, I host group meditation with healing, with energy healing. And I do it both in person and online. So I have two events every two weeks. Every new moon, we heal and set intentions. And every full moon, we meditate, release, and we then do release ritual as well. If someone wants to participate remotely, how can mm -hmm. they do that with you? Yeah. They can go to my website, www.kholistic.ie. So it's K-A-Y-Holistic.ie. And I have links to my events there. I'll also put those links in the episode notes. Yeah. And my... Instagram account is at kholistic, as well as my face Facebook account is also at kholistic. I do offer private sessions, distance and in person in Ireland. And they can contact you through your website? Yes. And Instagram? Yes, and Instagram as well. Okay. Thank you so much. It's wonderful talking to someone in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I am honored to be invited here to your podcast. And I am honored that you were available to be a guest on my show. You're a very special guest. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Witchcasting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. Thank you.